All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on a special edition of the Boneyard. I don't know how long we go, I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's uh, it's in the wee, wee hours of Thursday morning. i got to get a few hours sleep and get on the road. But um, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't ready for the party to stop after I got done writing my articles. I went over to the Blatt and eventually down to Lefties and you know, just celebrating with you guys because, uh, you know, why would we deny ourselves the opportunity to celebrate this major accomplishment together. You know, we have a part in this too. And it's one of the things that I laugh at when people say, well, you know, we did it. Well, they did it. No, we did it too. We did it. We have a stake in this too. We didn't swing a bat. We didn't throw a pitch. We didn't fill the ground ball. But you're a part of this too. Every person that has ever invested themselves emotionally in Mississippi State baseball has been rewarded tonight. And so I thought to myself, why would I deny myself the opportunity to go and celebrate with our fans? So I did. You know, I don't drink. I don't involve myself in chemical dependency these days. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy a good time. And I'd like to thank my lovely bodyguards, Sully, Maddie, and Aaron. You guys are awesome. It's funny how life works. Sully Donegan is actually the daughter of one of my dearest friends. Her mom went to high school with me, and uh, her mom, Sherelle, was uh, – she was every guy's favorite female friend because she was so sweet. And, uh, you know, if you ever had a problem with a girl, that's who you talk to. because She could kind of tell you how to handle it. But uh, I just kind of thought to myself, you know, when I'm sitting there 
taking pictures with you guys and uh, giving high fives and the hell states and you know this is just something that uh, you know it's been what 130 something years in the making and I want to make sure that we get this out of the way first this isn't our only championship this is our first championship the best is yet to come for Mississippi State and especially Mississippi State baseball there have been so many times that so many people have been able to throw it back in our face and say, you know what? Yeah, you guys have the great stadium. you got these huge crowds, but you can't win the big one. Well, we just did. We just did, and we left no doubt. There is absolutely no question who the best team in college baseball is, and it's the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Had a very difficult road, especially once we got to Omaha. The Notre Dame Super Regional was no laughing matter by any stretch of the imagination. We get up here, and we beat the number two national seed at Texas. We work our way through that bracket. We lose to them. We beat them again. Then we take down Vanderbilt, a team that has kind of been uh, you know, kind of our kryptonite in many respects. And I, and I had a, I had a little discussion with some Vanderbilt folks, and um, I don't mind saying this. You know, I'll just kind of tell you how the cow eats a cabbage. You know, and you you can decide you know how you want to interpret that. You know, it's just like one of my favorite quotes is Harry S. Truman. He says, "I never gave anybody hell." I just told them the truth, and they thought it was hell. And I had a conversation with some Vanderbilt people you know, before the ball game, and I said, you know, I said, this is a win-win for you guys. No matter how this thing works out, you guys are going to win. And the guy looked at me kind of perplexed. He said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, either you're going to beat us, and you're going to win an national championship, or we're going to beat you, and you're going to be able to say, see, those scholarship advantages don't really help us. And you know what? They didn't help you tonight. You can go out and go ahead and put extend all the need-based aid you want to, Mississippi State was leaps and bounds better than Vanderbilt. And I listened to some of the postgame, uh, Tim Corbin postgame, and I thought Tim was very, very gracious, even in defeat, even though some of his media people were trying to make excuses for Vanderbilt about how tired they were. Listen, the season wasn't any longer for them than it was for us. That's the reality of it. We just beat their butts twice, outscoring them 22-2 to in the final two games. We, get, we lose the first game really because of a half inning, right? But you know what, Christian McLeod, you're a national champion today, and we don't make it to Omaha without you. We don't. And I know these last couple of starts aren't what you would want. And you know what? It's not what we wanted either. But we wanted you, and we want you to celebrate with us. Because of your contributions to Mississippi State Baseball, we are the number one team in America for the first time in our lives in the postseason poll. That is incredible. But, uh, yeah, it's been It's been phenomenal. And listen, I don't, know, I don't know how long this is going to go. I'm, I'm not going to do a top 10 list today. I've got a special one planned uh, for Friday. I don't know if I record that show Thursday night or Friday morning. You'll just have to be patient with me. i got a long drive in front of me. But I'll tell you, that, that drive home to, <laughs> to Starkville, had we lost, would have been really long. Because we would have all been lamenting, you know, man, we got so close and we couldn't get it done. Is it ever going to happen for us? Because that's really felt like the year. Because we just needed to get to Omaha and we just needed to beat the teams in front of us and just kind of see how the bracket fell. Well, it fell our way. Nobody gave us anything, despite what some people would want to say to discount our efforts. Nobody gave us anything. We won this thing. We earned this. And there are so many of you that invest so much of yourselves financially, emotionally, in the Mississippi State baseball, and I'm rejoicing with you tonight, absolutely rejoicing with you tonight. And so, again, Sully and Maddie and Aaron, you guys are phenomenal. And uh, enjoyed being able to hang out with you and your friends. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, 
I'm down there, you know, at those places, and then you know, I look up, and then there's there's Landon Sims, then there's Cameron James, and then there's Kellum Clark, then there's Tanner Allen, then there's Brad Cumbus. It's like nobody wanted to go home, and I didn't want to go home either. I'm wide awake right now. But I know this. This is a night in a two-week period in my life that I will never forget, ever. I've shared with you guys before, when we left 2019's Omaha, I kept my Omaha credential, my College World Series credential, hanging in my car. And I only keep a couple. I keep my 247 one there, and I've got, a, I've got one from Rocklahoma that I, kinda, that I think is pretty cool, so I keep that one. But uh, I kept that one in my car, and I said, I'm going to keep this until I can replace it with another one. But the 2021 NCAA College World Series credential, I'm going to retire that one too. Probably going to frame it along with the box score. Probably going to go get me an Omaha World Herald paper. And might even get a couple of them and bring them back. This is an amazing accomplishment for us. And I have read so many of your comments. I haven't been able to get caught up on social media yet. You had to forgive me. I've read a few things. But um, you know, so many people have said, you know what, I just feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Because that's what everybody has said about us. I mean, we, in many ways, we were kind of our own punchline. It's like Mississippi State commits all this to baseball and they can never win the national championship. We never have to listen to that ever again. Ever. We never, ever, 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 ever have to explain away why we can't win the big one. Because we have. We have done what it takes to be number one. I've shared with people before, you know, the biggest gap in sports is not, you know, maybe 10 to 1. It's 2 to 1. Because to be number one, you got to beat number one. And the biggest gap is between two and one because number one does the things that number two either is unwilling to do or is incapable of doing. We proved tonight through absolutely no question that we are the better team. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, it had to be Vanderbilt. I mean, it really did. We needed to take care of Texas there in the uh, semifinals of our bracket to kind of exercise some old demons from 85. We've done that. But it needed to be Vanderbilt. And the reason that I say that is because I think there's some self-esteeming qualities that you kind of glean from all this. And so you know what? Not only did we beat Vanderbilt, a team that's kind of had our number the last couple of years, we beat their guy. You know, we threw our guy on shorter rest than their guy went, and we rocked Kumar Rocker. So it's not like they threw a midweek guy or a number three guy or had to pitch by committee. They had their guy, and we beat him. And he didn't look like the same guy. And I thought Jake Gotro and, and Lamonis and Cheeseboro did a great job putting the game plan together offensively. And we went out there and really, really competed hard. And I thought Rowdy Jordan is a guy that uh, has had some big moments in the series. But if this is the last time we see Rowdy in Mississippi State uniform, what a great game for him. And what a great game for him. And what a wonderful night for all of us. For everybody that's ever worn the M over S, whether it be as a player, as a coach, as a fan, Whatever. That's who we are. And my hope is, is that we'll see a lot more M over S stickers all over the state of Mississippi. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping people will just litter their cars with it because we have a lot to be proud of. So let me get to these ad reads and we're going to break down the game. And I've got a few other things to say. And I'm going to try to make it to this show without crying. I've cried enough tonight. I, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to admit that. And um, you know, one, thing, one of the things that was very emotional for me, and I, I, I think I've shared this with you guys, I... I feel like I've been on the verge of tears for two weeks because I just felt so assured that we were going to do it. I just felt in my heart that we were going to do it. And so many of you have said, you know, Steve, you called it and you believed all along. 
you know, it's easy to say that in hindsight, but I did. I just felt like this was our time. And I shared that with you guys, too, because I wanted to kind of assure you guys that if you were feeling the same thing that I was feeling, that, you know, hey, we're in this thing together. We're going to find a way to make this thing work. And I've talked so much with you guys about my dad and about, you know, what that meant. And I'm sure you guys have similar stories. I mean, like you grow up as a kid and, I mean, you don't know what to, who, to, who to cheer for or what sports really are. And the next thing you know, as you begin to develop an interest, you're like, well, you know, well, dad likes Mississippi State, so I need to like Mississippi State. And so all of a sudden, you kind of become a bulldog. And, you know, I don't know that I had a choice, to be honest with you. I was born into a Mississippi State family, and my dad fiercely, fiercely proud of DeMurn and White. And not just because of the athletic programs. You know, my dad is a guy that grew up on a dairy farm in Jones County, Mississippi, one of 13 kids. Most of his life, he slept through to a bed until he went to junior college and then on to Mississippi State, got a degree in animal husbandry, excuse me, in ag economics with a minor in animal husbandry. He drove the street sweeper at night as part of work study. He worked at the dairy in addition to living in marital housing. On top of that, he went to school every day. And so he is, was so incredibly appreciative of the opportunities that Mississippi State afforded him. And he had one job in his life, one job after college. He went to work for the federal government, the United States Department of Agriculture. He worked in what was called Farmer's Home Administration for many, many years. They changed it to rural development. He took over inventory properties. But there was never a day that my dad wasn't a Mississippi State Bulldog. There was never a day that my dad wasn't grateful to Mississippi State. There was never a day that my dad didn't enjoy watching our guys and our ladies play intercollegiate athletics. That's what we did at our house. There are a lot of people that like pro sports. There are a lot of people that uh, get all hung up in the NBA and the NFL, and I, and I get it. I respect it. But that's not who the Robertsons were. You know, for us, the biggest thing was to root for our guys that wore our insignia, that wore our M over S, that wore our maroon and white, because we always felt like these days were coming. I truly believe under the leadership and direction of Dr. Mark Keenum, Director of Athletics John Cohen, that the best for us is yet to come. I, I truly believe that. As great as tonight is, I think it's important to remember. Again, this is our first championship, not our only major sport championship. It's our first one. Because now that we've kicked the door down, now we know what it takes. Now we understand the toughness that it takes to get there and win. And so I'm going to break this thing down. And I know I've already done it twice, but I just want to say again, you know, you guys are a huge part of this. And so don't let any of your other friends out there try to discount your contributions to this. Because it is your championship, too. You may not get a ring. You have to buy your own shirt. They're not going to give you a hat. But you wear that M over S with some pride. When, I, when you've got that thing over your chest or on your hat, you say, you know what? This is my team. And this was our night. And this is our championship. Let me run through the reads real quick here. And uh, because, I, again, I don't know how long the show is going to go, so I want to make sure we get these things done. And uh, it's a bonus episode. And, and But I always feel like I'm, I'm indebted to our advertisers just because of the fact that even though their only contracts are obligated to get three spots per week, if I do a show, I want them to be mentioned because this show is made possible by them. Bulldog Burger Company, a longtime sponsor of the show, and I love those folks, and I'm looking forward to getting back. Man, I've been in Omaha for two weeks. I've been living off concession stand food a lot of times. It's not always the healthiest. I'm looking forward to getting back and having a pimentology at bacon. Matter of fact, that's probably will be my celebratory meal when I get back to Starville. Let's go to Bulldog Burger Company with my family. 
and tell them about my experiences in Omaha over some Bulldog Burger Company. Maybe you should do that too. Bulldog Burger Company has three great locations to serve you right there on that Lake Harbor Drive in Ridgeland, the newest location. That's the baby in the family. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, a wonderful location, a great facility. And then right there on University Drive, the flagship, right there in Star Vegas, Bulldog Burger Company. Go by, have the spring rolls, get that milkshake. They go, I've had a couple people said, you know what, Steve, I didn't know that was available to me, but I'm doing it now. I've had a couple people even send me the pictures and say, Steve, that's a great call because I can drink that on the way home. I don't feel quite as guilty by sitting there, uh, you know, having a dessert. You know, I don't think you should feel guilty when you have a cheap meal. But Bulldog Burger Company, great people, great food, great prices, great portions. Go check them out today. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people go to meet, M-E-A-T. If you're looking for sunglasses, our friends at johnnypacker.com. Go check them out. Johnny Packer, one of the first people to text me in the final moments. I just went back and had a chance to check on social media. Went back and checked it out. And John just reached out and said, Steve, we did it. We did it. Not they did it. Not Mississippi State did it. We did it. Because he feels invested in this. I like doing business with Bulldogs. And so if you're looking for summer eyewear, and you should be, protect your eyes. Get on that bandwagon early. When you drive with the sun in your face, you're only you're hurting yourself. Get some sunglasses. It makes for an easier drive, too, and it's also very uh, healthy in the long run. Rest your eyes a little bit. Uh, this is a Mississippi-based company, but, uh, again, it's about Mississippi State folks providing a great service. Go to the website today. Again, that's johnnypacker.com, and if you see sunglasses you want that show unavailable, shoot them a message. They'll get them on order for you. It only takes a couple days. It's not something that, you know, you're going to order it. It's on back order for two months. That's not how it works. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's Boneyard. That's right. Just the name of the show. They get you 10% off that purchase. Again, that's johnnypacker.com. Campus Bookmark, if you're looking for World Series shirts, maybe you couldn't make it to Omaha, and a lot of people did the mad dash to go get the NFL championship shirts, and I understand that. You can maybe get that same shirt right there at home at Campus Bookmark. So don't feel like, oh, well, Steve, I missed out. You can make up for it. Go to campusbookmark.net right here today and go ahead and place your order. Trust me, Miss Kathy Brown is going to blow it out when it comes to Mississippi State College World Series merch and national championship merchandise. Everybody in your family is going to want to wear that shirt. Everybody. And we should want to wear that shirt. Go to their website, campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. And finally, our friends at Portico. That's Brooks Bryan. Brooks and his lovely wife came out and spent time with us here in Omaha to cheer the Bulldogs on to a NAFL championship. I can promise you, even though that he, uh, he is not part of the team anymore, I can promise you Brooks Bryan feels a connection to this championship. He understands. He helped kind of pave the way for this at one point. I won't say laid the foundation because the foundation for Mississippi State baseball was poured long ago. Brooks committed to Mississippi State, committed to Starkville, making Starkville a better place. Part of a residential development group, which just done a great job. Portico, a wonderful place to live. You should check it out today. If you've been thinking, hey, Steve, I've been on the fence about going to make that move to Starkville, but now that I'm a national champion, I want to go all, all the time, and you can. Portico, absolutely the west, best place to go. When you come off of 82 on a 12 leg going to campus, you take the very first right, and that'll take you to Portico. You cross over old, old West Point Road there on Garrett Road. Next thing you know, you're in your new neighborhood. It's how close it is. 1.1 miles away. 
you can get two bedroom, two bath, four bedroom, four bath. Basically, any size home that fits your needs, whether it be your primary residence or an investment property or perhaps uh, just kind of a secondary residence where it's your, your getaway from home type place. When you want to come to ball games, you've got somewhere to put your stuff, right? You don't have to be uncomfortable. You can have a place in Starkville. So let me give you a number to call. There are so many of you that have thought, you know what, one day I'm going to do this. Well, today's the day. And maybe this national championship will kind of push you uh, and give you the motivation you need to make the call. Brooks is more than happy to talk to you at 601-416-8075. Again, at 601-416-8075. If I was moving to Starkville, this is where I'd want to live. I already have a great place, and I'm out in the middle of the sticks, kind of away from everybody else where I used to be. Uh, but I would go to Portico. You know, I, I wouldn't go to one of these older neighborhoods. I would go with the newer, nicer construction. Portico, absolutely the best place. Make Portico your next move. All right, let's break the game down. You guys know everybody was kind of crying a little bit when it was announced that Vanderbilt would be the home team in games one and games three. And people are like, oh, you know, it figures. It didn't matter. It, it didn't matter. Matter of fact, I think we could have played 50 innings. I think Mississippi State would have beat Vanderbilt that much more. The gap between these two teams is much greater than people realized. That's one of the things that we've talked about much of the year is we wanted to go to Vanderbilt, we wanted to get one, and we kind of lamented that loss on Sunday because we realized we let them off the hook. The bottom line is Mississippi State is better than Vanderbilt, and that's a series we should have won, and that's stuck in the Bulldog crawl much of the year. So having a chance to go face them again, number one, because of the familiarity with them and their pitching staff, I think was a good thing, but also, too, I think because the fact that they have gotten the better of us, we didn't take anything for granted. We didn't. And so let's jump into this. It's going to be so much fun. As it was happening, it was uh, it was a lot of fun because the very first pitch of the ball game, Rowdy Jordan singles in the right field, and we really needed Rowdy to get going. I think he was probably your offensive MVP of the championship game. T.A. strikes out looking on a bad call. And, I listen, it, I thought, oh, my gosh, when I, when we see the, the assignments come out and everything, you begin to think, are they really putting Costello behind the plate? They did. It, Perry Costello, I swear, sometimes I think he's a burr in the bulldog saddle. But nevertheless, in the end, it didn't matter. But, but T.A. strikes out on a pitch that was inside. I've seen all the screenshots in the video, and it's deplorable. It really is. And you would think – in the most important college baseball game of the year, you wouldn't have this much human error, and there was a lot of it. Cam James then uh, taps to the mound there, and Kumar Rocker tries to turn a double play and throws the ball into center field. So now we get runners on first and third, and I think we're all just kind of thinking, listen, let's just get a run home here. Let's get a sack fly anywhere, find a way to get this run home, and we do. Luke Hancock gets the sack fly, flies out deep to right field, and uh, it's a one nothing game. And then T.A. strikes out swinging, excuse me, Logan Tanner, after a lengthy at-bat. And I really thought Logan was on Kumar Rocker. I, I don't know what has changed. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that uh, he has seen him a couple times already and it's a chance to study the film. But uh, Logan Tanner really, really battled Vanderbilt tonight. He really, really did. And he's been kind of up and down in the series offensively, been really good behind the plate. But he made some things happen tonight, and uh, I thought this at-bat was key because, again, we're trying to run pitch counts up here, and it really, really, really helped us early on because we were seeing so many pitches, and, and uh, Kumar was having trouble finishing our guys. So we get to the bottom of one, and this is where it felt like, you know what, we might be in some trouble because it just really felt like Bednar was not sharp, and he wasn't sharp early. He got stronger once he got loose, 
I think a lot of that too is just short rest. You know, it takes a little while to kind of get stretched out. Even if you go through your normal warm-up routine, you know, when you're throwing on shorter rest, your arm just simply isn't responding the way that it normally does. And, it, and that was evident there in the first inning. We got behind everybody, and, and we had some huge counts in this inning. Uh, Bradfield strikes out swinging on a 2-2 count. But, yeah, I think we felt pretty good about that because, listen, Enrique Bradfield is a freak of nature. I mean, I, I believe he is the best center fielder in college baseball. And also, too, if you let him get on base, it's a double, basically. We've talked about that many times before. So we get him. I thought that was a good tone setter. And then we walk Boz. Go full count, we walk him. Full count on Keegan, we walk him. And at this point, we're all kind of thinking, oh, my gosh, you just like the, the, on Monday night, we get a one nothing lead, and then we blow it. That's kind of how it felt. But Will Bettinar is like, everybody relax. What does he do? Again, gets in a full count, but then he rolls up the double play. It's a 6-4-3 double play. Great job by Lane Forsyth and a great turn by Scotty DeBrule there. So we get out of the jam there, and you're thinking, okay, we might be all right here, but we've got to be a little more efficient with the pitching you know, the rest of the way. And, and uh, thankfully, we were. Mississippi State right back to business there in a the second inning. Really thought, and this maybe goes a little bit unnoticed by the casual fan, because of the fact we started Braywin Skinner in place of Brad Cumbus, and Brad is a little bit banged up. That hit by pitch got him on the wrist. I've heard some things that but he, he's going to be fine, but um, kept him out of lineup today. But because of that, you insert Braywin Skinner and you don't change the order. Well, now you've stacked three lefties in a row in the order there. And you've got a hard throwing right-hander like Kumar Rocker. That's a real advantage. And so while Cumbus probably would have started, I think having another left-handed bat kind of jammed in there together, I think there's a mental aspect of that that probably goes a little bit underappreciated. When you go out there and say, they got three straight lefties, you know, i got to do this, i got to do that. That eliminates this pitch, that eliminates that. This is how I attack these guys. And the righty-lefty matchup is what you want as a hitter. I mean, you, you want some guy pitching opposite of what you're hitting. Scotty DeBrule goes out there and just grinds out on it bat and gets a, a walk. And Scotty is so smug when he gets those walks. I absolutely love it. I had a chance to talk to him tonight. And, man, what a great guy, man. He really is. He is a great guy. He tells me tonight, the best decision I ever made in my life was coming to Mississippi State. When he first committed to Mississippi State last summer, he tells me, the reason I'm going to Mississippi State is I want a chance to go to Omaha and win a national championship. That's exactly what happens. And he doesn't make the trip as a reserve or as a guy that doesn't contribute. He had four RBIs in game two. Yeah, this is, I think he had nine walks in the college, in the series, in the, in the weekend. I think it's ridiculous. Some ridiculous number like that. Nine walks in the college world series and a great defensive player. I mean, just a great defensive player. And uh, so he grinds out that at bat and you could just kind of sense in his body language that maybe we, we can figured out that rock was going to have a tough time finishing us. And then he walks Braywin Skinner on four pitches. And then Clark hits basically what, what amounts to a swing and bunt there on a 2-2 count. So we move the runners along. And then Lane Forsyth hits a rocket to short, and uh, we're able to score a run there. What has happened to Lane Forsyth? I, I mean, it's like he got that infield single on Tuesday night, and the next thing you know, he's like the, you know, the, the hottest hitter in the country. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And how encouraging is that? Yeah, I think loss and all this, too, I, I don't think that maybe – People have kept up. Guys, Mississippi State didn't make a single error in the College World Series. Think about that for a second. The highest level of competition, playing for everything. We don't play tight. 
We don't get out there and boot the ball around. Not a single error in the College World Series. And a big part of that's Lane Forsythe. He and Cam James really, really did a nice job uh, the last couple weeks. But Lane Forsythe gets a run home. It, it, it is a ground ball out, but um, hit the ball hard. It looks like he's starting to get some confidence up there, too. So Rowdy Jordan then doubles down the line and chases home Braywin Skinner to make it a 3 nothing ball game. T.A. then grounds out, rolls over to second there. But it's 3 nothing. And I'll be honest with you, and I shared this on Jason Crowder's show, I thought it was probably going to be like a 4-2 to ball game. I told Dave Murray when we sat down in pregame, he was like, well, do you expect the pitchers to do it? I said, you know, knowing Jake and knowing Chris, I won't be the least bit surprised if we jump on him early. You know, maybe we're kind of sitting certain pitches or whatever. Maybe we've got a good scouting import. But I said, I, I think we're going to come out and be the aggressor rather than let him dictate terms to us. And that's exactly what happened. So before you look up, you know, we're we're an inning and a half into the ball game, and it's 3 not to Mississippi State with Will Bednar on the hill. And I started thinking to myself, this might be enough to win it. Little did I know I was right. Bottom of the second, we walked Jones, who I think had a 13-pitch at bat. It was ridiculous. And then Will finally walks him. We get Rodriguez to pop up to short. Jones in still second. And Logan just lost the handle on the baseball. Might have had him. But listen, Spencer Jones is a great player. And then Willie B's like, oh, you got to run in scoring position. I got you guys. Uh, so we get a strikeout swinging of Young. And I tell you, he has really struggled against Mississippi State here in, in the postseason. And then we get uh, Thomas to strikeout swinging. And so they strand the runner. We get back. They finally get a non-scoring inning out of us there in the third. Cam James lines out the center. Hancock flies out the center. And then Logan Tanner flies out the right. Pretty quick inning there from Kumar Rocker. And really kind of got him back on schedule. They sat McIlvain down uh, after that inning, or really the beginning of that inning, and uh, had to bring him in much later. Bottom of third, Willie is dealing. We get a 1-2-3 inning. Gonzalez grounds out the short on the first pitch. Brad Field Grounds out the second on a one-two count, and then Vaz grounds out the first. So three ground balls, and a lot of that is really soft contact. That's when you know you're getting under barrels. People aren't barreling you up. They're having to hit the top half of the baseball, beat it in the ground, let, let the defense make plays for you. And again, Will was calmed down. Remember that first inning in trouble? We didn't have that again. Top of four, DeBrule reaches on a fielding error. One of those things, too, you just kind of tap it up there, and they just can't make a play. It's on a 2-0 count. Skinner goes down looking, Clark strikes out swinging, and then Forsyth strikes out swinging. So Rocker, again, settles himself, but it's against the bottom third of the order. And again, the guys in the bottom third of the order are guys that are kind of in development or guys you don't expect to make an offensive contribution. But I think Kellum Clark and Lane Forsyth are going to do that. Bottom of four, one, two, three, and in again for Willie B. Ground out to short, ground out to the pitcher, and then Jones grounds out first base. And uh, again, a, a pretty quick inning there for Bednar. And I think now people are starting to feel it a little bit. Like, hey, it's 3-0, and oh, and now all of a sudden Bednar is closed in, and we just begin to wonder, you know, how long can he go? And I think the, the, what I told Robbie Falk is I think you ride him until he has a little trouble. We didn't do that, but a lot of it's because we had a long inning. But uh, top of five, Rowdy picks up right where he left off. Single back up the middle, then T.A. singles through the right side. You got runners at first and second. Cam strikes out swinging. And then Hancock singles back up the middle, drives in a run. It's a Fordington ball game. Then Logan Tanner singles right up back up the middle, making a Fordington ball game. And that's that's the Jake Gotro methodology there, is we're going to try to hit line drives and hard ground balls back up the middle of the field. 
We're not going to go up there and try to pull everything and yank it over the fence. We're going to work the middle of the field, especially with a power pitcher like Kumar Rocker. That's what you do. You attack the middle of the field. You try to send that baseball right back where it came from. You don't try to do too much. You just go up there and swing hard and hit the ball back up the middle. That's exactly what we did. So they finally take Rocker out of the ball game, and it's a 5 nothing ball game, and, of course, you've got a runner on there. DeBrule again works for another walk. And now it's first, uh, first, second, third base is loaded there, and we strike out twice to end the inning. Really had a chance to really get some separation there. It's a 5 nothing ball game, and five feels so much better than four because there are no five-run home runs, right? We just know this. I mean, so one swing can't tie you. Now you've got a little advantage there. But, man, if we had been able to get a big hit there, and, yes, I understand it's bottom third of the order, but uh, Braylon goes down on three pitches, and then Clark strikes out looking. I really thought that the strike call was a little bit low. But, again, we pick up a couple runs there. And, again, just trying to kind of separate here and kind of get away from Vanderbilt. And that, that's exactly what we do. Bottom of five, you, it's like a broken record, right? One, two, three inning. Rodriguez lines out to left center on the first pitch. Young then flies out to left center. Thomas goes down swinging. Willie B is dealing. We get to the top of six. We don't do much with this. We had an opportunity, but um, you always have opportunities. We didn't take advantage here. Forsyth flies out to right. Rowdy Jordan flies out to left center. Then T.A. rips a double down the right field line. And then Cam goes down swinging. Not a great night offensively for Cam. He's had some big moments in the College World Series, but his defense has really been good. Uh, really impressed with him being a lot more decisive out there for sure. Bottom of six, it's a one, two, three inning again for Vanderbilt. Gonzalez flies out to left field. Bradfield grounds out to third base. Fuzz flies out to center. Uh, and, you know, at this point, it's a 5 nothing ball game, and they're running out of outs. They're down to single-digit outs available to them. And this is when I think Mississippi State fans really started feeling good about life. Top of seven, uh, Hancock lines out to right. Actually hit the ball really well, got under just a little bit. And then Logan Tanner takes a 1-1 pitch into the left field stands. Tremendous, tremendous moment. Uh, DeBrule then singles to right field. That, that, that They didn't give him enough pitches to walk on. Uh, then Skinner walks, and then uh, Kellum Clark with the kill shot here, a three-run bomb. He hits a changeup and just kind of lifts it on out of there. Why he was looking first pitch change, I'm not exactly sure. But I do know this. I know a lot of people see how big and tall and strong he is. They're not going to give him out of first pitch fastball. So, you know, maybe it's a slider, maybe it's a breaking ball. He gets a change, and he's sitting change all the way. Absolutely murders the baseball, and the route was on. It was 9 nothing, and you knew then – it was just a matter of what the final score was going to be because this ball game was going to be over and Mississippi State was going to be your NAFL champion. Well, then Lane Forsyth works it for a walk there. They decided to pull McAvang and bring in Murphy, who I thought was outstanding. It really, really, really sticks the fastball. You know, he has great below, but two, you know, there is some movement on that too, but he hits his spot so exceptionally well. You know, even if he's a little bit off the play, he's going to get a call. He's just he, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt call because of his control. Rowdy goes down swing, and the T.A. lines out to third. As he hit it really well, Gonzalez just kind of ranges over with a step to his left. We bring in Landon Sims there in the seventh, and that was one of the things we talked about on last night's show is how do we bridge the gap between Bednar and Sims? And the best-case scenario, of course, was, you know, for Bednar to give us six or seven. Well, he does. He gives us six, and Sims comes in, and again, it's a huge lead here. I mean, the game is basically over at 9 nothing. but you go ahead and bring him in, and at this point, we still had a no-hitter going, and he was absolutely stifling. 
you know, where Willie B at times wasn't getting that first pitch strike call, even though sometimes he threw it, Lance Sims did. You get a one, two, three, pardon me, one, two, three inning, but you strike out the first guy looking, and then Nolan grounds out the first on an 0-2 count, and then Jones strikes out swinging. And you remember that long at bat he had? After that one, he didn't do much of anything. Top of eight, uh, Mississippi State grounds out the short with Cam James. Then Luke Hancock singles to right field. Luke had a really good week, too. Uh, Logan Tanner then grounds out the first, and uh, DeBro flies out the center. So we leave a, a runner there, a chance to go up uh, double digits there. We get into the bottom of eight. And at this point, you know, it's it's not white flag time, but we're close. Rodriguez flies out to left center, and Young singles to center field. And listen, hey, good for you, uh, Carter Young. They moved him down in the order out of his customary two-hole spot. That was interesting to me. Uh, Laniv then strikes out looking, and it was a ridiculous, ridiculous breaking ball. Gonzalez walks, and uh, then Bradfield you know, grounds up the middle, and we uh, force the runner at second. And so we leave a couple runners stranded there, and it was just a matter now of three outs, so we all felt great about life. So top of nine, uh, Skinner lines out to the short, actually hit it really well, worked the full count, and just you know, hit one the other way there, and just, just yeah, a little bit too far towards the glove, but uh, that happens sometimes in life. Kellum Clark then grounds out the short, pretty quick at bat. That's one of the things with him. Pitch recognition is just something that's got to come along. You know, he just needs some ABs, you know, to get better. And there's going to be a lot of these guys on the move here in the next uh, week or so, getting out to summer ball. And Kellum Clark's a guy that will benefit from that. You know, it's easy to forget to the, how much time he missed this year. You know, we knew he was going to be a factor, and we needed that, that left-handed power bat in the order. But um, you know, the, the reality of it is is that you know, he hadn't been 100% back. Even when he came back, and you know, he's still trying to build strength to get back in the flow. Saw him tonight, too. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful experience, to say the least. I mean, we're just sitting here living a dream, and this kid's going to be around for a while. I think he's probably a 20 home run guy next year. That's how much I like him. So, Forsythe singles up the middle to keep his recent hot streak going. I mean, these last two ball games, Lane Forsythe has really been a key contributor on offense. We know what his defense looks like. The knock's always been as well. You know, offensively, he's probably a year away. He really swung the bat well in the, the championship series against Vanderbilt. Really, my hat is off to you, Lane. Rowdy Jordan flies out to right. So, that ends the top of nine. And by this time, guys, I was already in the stands. I tweeted that out, and uh, not necessarily to draw attention to me, but I wanted to give you guys an explanation, you know, if you didn't see any updates from me in the ninth inning. I knew what a special moment we were having, my son, my oldest son, and uh, his wife, and my grandbaby were in the stands. And I had been saying it for a week. I've been telling some other family members, I said, listen, if it looks like we're going to win this thing, I'm leaving, I'm leaving press row. I'm going to go down there and spend that moment with my son because he is the guy – they rode to all those games of me, football, baseball, basketball, win or lose. Loves Mississippi State. The only one of my kids that his college age that didn't go to Mississippi State because he had an opportunity to play college baseball somewhere else. But his love for Mississippi State never changed. And I was so glad that he was able to come and had the resources to come and be with me in uh, these last couple days. And uh, I've enjoyed taking him out. And uh, went to went to the zoo, which was great. And uh, took him to breakfast, had a great – I think it was called Bailey's Breakfast and Lunch. It's great, really, really nice meal. But also, too, you know, the, here's the thing. You know, these are the days that last forever. 
and that sounds like a cliche, but it's true. I mean, there's there's so many days that happen are just kind of accidental. Like you just kind of go through life accidentally. You get up, go to work, take care of stuff, come back, feed the dogs, go get something to eat, and then the day is done. And there are a lot of those days that look the same. But today is one of the most special days of our life. Mississippi State, the team that we love, just won a national championship in baseball, which is our sport, which validates us as a national power. And it's something that has been, you know, it's eluded us for decades. We've taken some great teams to Omaha and come home with nothing. Another decal on the, on the outfield wall at Dirty Noble Fields about all we had to show for it. This is different. And so because of our own emotional investment in Mississippi State baseball, I wanted to share that last moment with my son, Ami. And so I tweet that out there. Also, too, I kind of want to encourage other people, and I've said this on the show, be sure to watch the finals with somebody you love, because I just knew this was going to happen. I mean, I, I felt it for a long time. This is going to happen. And I wanted you guys to be with people that you love. So when you can look back one day and say, you know what, I'm just so glad you were there with me. And that's kind of how I felt, too. It's like, while Ani is now Betsy's husband and Vivi's dad, he'll always be that little boy to me, even though he's, you know, I guess he'll be 26 this August. But when I look at him, I think of all those times that we, you know, stayed behind after ball game and, you know, he got autographs and pictures and just wanted to talk baseball with the Diamond Dogs. That's the kid I remember. And I'm so incredibly proud of him for the, the man that he's become and the husband he is and the father that he is becoming. And and But for a moment there, for a moment there, it was just me and my son again and our team. And granted, it's your team too. But in that moment, when it's me and him, it's all those late night trips, right? It's all those hot dogs at the hump. It's all of that times that you go and do those things and you put on the Mississippi State logo and maybe maybe you don't get what you want. But in that moment today, we got one of the things that we've wanted our whole lives, which was a baseball national championship. And so I, I left the press row and I went and I spent – Spent the last uh, inning with, with him, and there were people out there that were surprised to see me out there. But I'm not going to get out there and cheer on press row. I mean, I'm a Mississippi State guy, but I've got some respect. I understand decorum on press row. I also just didn't think I was going to be able to keep it together on press row. I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to br- burst into tears here, I'd rather be out there with my family. And, you know, I did. You know, I probably wasn't as emotional as I expected to be. As a matter of fact, when I left him, I felt even more emotional. But when it was over with, we were all celebrating everybody's dog pile. I just turned around and grabbed him and hugged him and told him I loved him. And it's one of those things that I will remember the rest of my life. And I'm so glad that I was able to share that with him. And there's many of you. I've gotten so many messages from people. You guys are so great. I said, you know what, Steve? We had a party at our house. We had a watch party. And I said, I had this coworker over and their kids and I even got some reports of, man, we had some rednecks driving up down the road ringing our cowbells when the thing was over. And people said, man, Steve, we had so much fun. And we got out there and acted like kids. We all just piled up in the back of a pickup truck. We rang our cowbells all up and down some county road somewhere. That's who we are. And you celebrate however you need to. But I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, like, I would rather do things than have things. 
that's not to say they don't have things I do, but I, I, I prioritize the memories that I have more than I do the material possessions. And so when I look back one day and somebody thinks, say, hey, your granddad or Mr. Steve or whatever, where were you in Mississippi State won its first national championship? Well, I know exactly where I was. I was at TD Ameritrade Park. I was standing with my son, and we watched the final out be recorded, and then we embraced. And all those years of frustration and all those years of loyalty to Mississippi State were rewarded. Because for that day and for all time, we are part of a national championship. And it's our team. And it's our title, too. I interviewed John Cohen beginning of the year, and John made a comment. He said, you know, Steve, I want it even more so for our fans than I do our players and coaches because of what they give. What we have is so special. And life gets busy, and my schedule sometimes is impossible. But I've enjoyed these two weeks at Omaha. It's allowed me to kind of focus on some other things, too. You know, kind of get out and do some thinking. But, you know, I just, you know, focus on Mississippi State. But I begin to think, you know, when I get a chance to see my kids, you know, I need to be thinking about them. And not about the next chapter or the next book or the next article. And so I'm going to use this. And uh, that doesn't mean that I'm going to abandon you guys. But I'm going to prioritize a little more time with my family. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that. I know you guys don't feel that way, but I'm a bit of a workaholic. I mean, I'm constantly working on this and trying to find this and doing that and doing this. And it seems like I'm always writing a book. And uh, I love doing that. And I share with you guys on Twitter, too, that uh, I had already been in talks uh, with my publisher about what happens if we win the national championship. We've actually been talking about that for a couple months. And so I have actually been kind of keeping notes and keeping my interviews from post game and that sort of stuff. And so... We're going to begin the process here. We're going to sit down next week and put an outline together, and I'm going to start the writing process for a book chronicling Mississippi State's national championship season in baseball. So there are a few other things that I've kind of been in you know, conversation about that's going to be on hold. We're going to get this thing done. going to spend really the bulk of the summer. We're going to work really, really hard to get this done so we can get it out in time for you guys for Christmas. That's our plan. I can't make any promises today. But we're going to have to really work hard, really, really quickly. The good thing is, is that I've got most of the stuff kind of put together. So I ain't got to go chase people down. I've been told that I'm going to get, you know, whatever access I need uh, to kind of get things done, to get any interviews and color that we need uh, to make this book very special. Because this is a special moment in time that we should commemorate. So that's done, and we'll get to work on that, and I'll keep you guys updated as we go. But as we got into that bottom of nine... You know, Landon Sims on the hill. We've already given up our you know, our first hit, you know, so the, the, the no-hitter is over. Now it's just okay. I really wanted to preserve the shutout, but I just wanted to win the ball game. I was just ready for the game to be over so we could all celebrate. And so he gets uh, Voss to ground out the short, and then Keegan strikes out looking after a very lengthy bat, and then Nolan pushes that bunt right at Cam James. It was basically a white flag. I mean, he runs down the line there and puts up the safe, and he may have been safe. But they're not going to review that. Last play of the College World Series, no, not going to review that in a 9 nothing ball game. Nor should they. I mean, that was basically a surrender. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. 
After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20 minute video explaining step by step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do, I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. you got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y, official.com, forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy, E-U-F-Y. You know, that's, I mean, you don't go up there, you're not looking to bunt for a hit, and you sure don't bunt the ball that hard. You're just trying to kind of lay the thing down and get out of there. I want to read a few comments to you, too. I think it's important. And I know these press conferences are sometimes are out there and they're available and you can go find them. But there are a few things I just wanted to kind of emphasize with you guys. You know, listen, I'm not a huge Tim Corbin fan, to be honest with you. I don't like the way they won their program. I've shared that with you guys before. I don't like it. I think they're always trying to find a way, the easier, softer way. Um, 
But I really thought that Tim Corbin was, and, and maybe it's because we won, and maybe maybe I'm not quite as sensitive. But I thought he was very gracious in defeats. I want to read a couple things that he said that you might have missed. Um, you know, there's some people that were trying to suggest that uh, they said, well, I don't want to make excuses, and then they proceeded to go make excuses for Vanderbilt. And uh, But here's what Corbin says. He goes, I would say you're right, but, yeah, you don't ever want to say something that would take away from Mississippi State because they were the better team. They were the better team. It's, he didn't come out there and say, you know, well, if we had played better, if we had done this, if we'd had a better schedule or whatever, he said, no, they're the better team. And we proved it. 22-2 to two in the final two games of the College World Series final. But, I, again, I thought Corbin was very gracious. And, um, you know, this is one of the things, too. That the question was, you talked about the season and the lack of experience that they had, talking about his team. But how do you think such a young team making it as far could be a vital experience going forward? And I'll be honest with you, that qualifies as one of the dumbest questions in the history of, of sports journalism. Well, of course, making it to Omaha with a young team is going to be beneficial going forward because it is an experience that you can draw strength from down the road. And I hate to be that way. I hate to be judgmental about other journalists. But it's like sometimes sometimes I just kind of wonder to myself, what are you, what are you doing? It's like we just really we've already got our article written and we just kind of need a quote to match our narrative. And that's kind of how that came off. But I thought Corbin handled it pretty well. He goes, yeah, it certainly helps everybody. And he could have stopped there. He goes, I mean, to come here, number one, it helps you. It helps your confidence to come here and get in games that helps you. And certainly playing as long as we did. We played a lot of baseball games out here. We played a lot of tough baseball games. Didn't always play well, but we played tough baseball. And that's certainly going to help the kids moving forward. I think a thing that you identify with once you get at this level is if you're a younger kid, the execution of really good pitching and the execution of really good hitting. And you can take Mississippi State's numbers and you can look at their batting average, but that tells nothing. And sometimes numbers don't tell the story, and they certainly don't with that team because the team challenges you on every single pitch. And really, with some of them, and my mind moves to Hancock right away, it's almost like the at-bat starts when he gets two strikes and he's tough to put away. His plus-minus numbers are incredible, 44 walks and 16 strikeouts. That's insane. And Rowdy and Tanner and Tanner behind the plate, I mean, it's a lot of tough outs. I don't want to leave anyone out. Kellum is going to be a good player. Talking about Kellum Clark. He's a freshman. They're just really tough. They're really, really tough. And, and again, I think that says a lot about Corbin. To, number one, the fact that he knew all of our players' names. But, uh, but also, too, yeah, the fact that he comes out and says, hey, listen, you know, they're the better team. They're tougher than us. They battle you for every single strike. They're not going to give you anything. And that's our identity. That's how we want to be seen because that's the identity that we're trying to build. Is that, you know what, you might out-talent us, but you're not going to out-tough us. I mean, how many schools in the country, I mean, really, of the major college programs, how many people would go get a Tanner Allen at 5'9"? He's a little bit taller than that now, but, you know, he was – he wasn't the biggest kid. You know, Texas wouldn't go get him. Florida wouldn't go get him. I'd venture to say that maybe Mississippi State and Arkansas might be the only ones that would go get him. Because one similarities between Mississippi State and Arkansas recruiting is that we both go get winning baseball players. We may not go get these statuesque first basemen or young people that look so good in the uniform that you can put out there and look so imposing to media day. But we go get winning baseball players. That's what Tanner Allen is.
Tanner Allen is a winning baseball player. I want to share a comment that Chris uh, Lamona shared, too, that really meant a lot to me. And, um, you know, he didn't mention me by name. But, um, you know, I, I kind of took it as such. And uh, it's not just me. There's so many great people that cover Mississippi State baseball. But I'm going to be honest with you. Nobody covers it like me. And uh, I'm not going to feel the, the least bit guilty about saying that. There are a lot of people that enjoy Mississippi State baseball, but they don't go on the road. And there are a lot of people that write columns about Mississippi State baseball that don't attend games. And that's not to say there's a place – there's not a place for that because the truth of the matter is I don't want them on the road. I want to be able to get that exclusive content myself. But there is a, there's a price that's paid for all of that. I spend an awful lot of time away from home, and uh, there is no expense report for me to fill out. You know, when I get ready to go get gas at, the, at some truck stop and get some coffee at 3 in the morning, it, it, it's, it's me paying for that. Gene doesn't write me a check for it. I don't go fill out an uh, expense report. It's in 247. They don't reimburse me for that. And so I do that because, number one, I want to have credibility in the job. But number two, you know, I think you guys deserve to have some representation there. You need to have your guy there to tell your side of the story. Somebody that knows your players, that knows your coaches, that know what questions to ask. Hey, coach, is this guy okay? We noticed he didn't make the lineup today or this guy didn't travel. You know, you know the average media person is not going to know that. I mean, I, when I go out there and travel and, you know, we go play South Carolina, I don't know their roster well enough to know that the batting order's changed. I don't know that, you know, that they've changed their weekend rotation. I mean, you know, it's like a, you, you do an advance and you do a preview, but – you know, at the end of the day, I don't know that team. I know our team. And so when I travel, I'm going to ask the questions that I think are important to you guys. But Chris made a comment meant a lot to me. And, the, you know, they're getting ready to get done. And, and uh, he goes, hey, is there one more thing I can say? And I said, sure, Coach. He goes, I want to thank. And he stopped. And he goes, all our media is great, but we have this big group that covers the Mississippi, and we appreciate you. The stories you tell, the articles you write – and the articles you write when we win on a night like this, but also the professionalism you have when we lose and you still support us and we appreciate you. You know, here's the deal. As media, you know, we're not supposed to be, you know, supporting, advocating, whatever. You know, but here's the deal. I'm a Mississippi State guy. And so I make no bones about that. I got the M over S tattooed on my left hand. I'm not fooling anybody. I'm not going to go out there and pretend to be something that I'm not. I want Mississippi State to win. But a lot of times I think the best work we do is when we lose. Because I firmly believe that bad news is better framed up for Mississippi State people by people who are experiencing those same kind of emotions. And uh, some of you kind of call me the voice of reason. You know, the bottom line is, is you know, I, I really don't ever get too high or get too low. There are, very, there are some times that I get really mad and a loss. But I don't go share it on the show. You know, sometimes I get frustrated and I do share it with you guys. But um you know, by and large, I always feel like there's a bigger picture. And that's the thing about college baseball. It is such a long, long season. A lot can happen, as it happened with Mississippi State. When we got swept by Arkansas, we talked about it on this show. It's kind of like a feeling that, you know what, we, we want so much to win an NFL championship. And when we get swept like that, we think, well, this isn't the year. This isn't it. Now i got to suffer through this, and we'll probably get beaten at Super Regionals and won't even get to Omaha. Right. And then we get hot again and we start thinking maybe it is a year. And then we get we get loose two out of three to last place, Missouri. I still laugh. I still laugh about that. 
And we think, you know what? We're fixing to blow our top eight national seed. We're going to be on the road. And then some of you are ready to just go ahead and bulldoze Dirty Noel Field. But it didn't happen. Then we go to the SEC tournament. And we and some of us, me and some of the students joked about this tonight. Uh, and I give, I can't remember the kid's name, but I give him credit for it. He came up to me and he goes, hey, Steve, are they going to make us return a trophy because we got 10-run ruled at Hoover? No, they're not. But it's funny because there were so many of you that invested so much into that those two days. That was not our team. That was not our identity. We didn't even go over there looking to win. But everybody else wanted to browbeat us to death, you know, I guess because they emphasized the SEC tournament more because they can't get to Omaha. But we were looking at the bigger picture. And, yeah, it's embarrassing, man, because we take a lot of pride in Mississippi State baseball. We go out, listen, one thing to get beat, we got embarrassed at Hoover. We did. And, you know, I don't know if you, I don't care if you go over there and throw some midweek guys, at least go out there and compete, right? But Lamonis and those guys were getting ready for something bigger. They wanted to get a top eight national seed. They wanted to be able to host a regional and a super regional and then have a chance to go to Omaha. And then we do. And we end up being the seventh seed, which is where we should have been. We probably, in hindsight, probably should have been ahead of TCU, but I think the way the bracket worked out worked out good for us. Arkansas doesn't even make it. They're a team that's kind of given us some trouble the last couple of years. But, you know, Arkansas and Vanderbilt were going to be competing head-to-head, and so they were going to knock each other out. So we were only going to have to see one of those teams. And I think we saw the team we needed to see. And I'll be honest with you, we'd have beaten NC State even worse. And I, listen, I appreciate all the support from NC State people. It's, it's shameful about what happened. And the, the more details that come out, the more it just kind of confuses you, you know. But some people have tried to suggest, some casual observers of college baseball have tried to suggest, oh, well, this whole thing is tainted because NC State got sent home. Listen, they weren't on our side of the bracket. We were going to play whoever they sent us. And who's to say Vanderbilt wouldn't have beat NC State again, even at full strength? So, no, it's got nothing to do with us. We would not have seen NC State until the championship. We didn't see them. We, they sent us Vanderbilt. We beat them. End of story. But, you know, we didn't have to beat NC State. We had to beat Vanderbilt. And we did. And I think that means more to us. Winning it all would have been huge, but the fact that it was Vanderbilt made it even bigger. I mean, it did. Because we have dealt with the scholarship thing, and, you know, it's just one of those things you look at and you begin to think, you know, it's, uh, you know, are we making too much of it? No, I don't think so. That is a loophole that's got to be changed. There's no doubt about it. There's a, that's a loophole that's got to be changed. But it also shows, too, that the difference between us and them is not quite as substantial as maybe perhaps we think. We proved it tonight. We were, without a doubt, the tougher team. They knew it. We knew it. The crowd knew it. They were ready to get out of there. You know, lost in all this, too, is you know how great we pitched it. You know, Bettinar, of course, was thrown on short rest, and we didn't know what to expect. What do we do? We get another outstanding performance from him, and he ends up winning the most outstanding player of the tournament, the College World Series. That's amazing. Let's look at this box score, too, before we kind of move on. There's a few more things I want to say before I, before I go to bed. But we look at this box score. You know, Rowdy Jordan steps up, one of the biggest games of his life, goes three for six, scores a couple runs, drives one in. T.A. goes two for five. Cam James, 0 for five. Tough night at the plate for him, but again, exceptional defensive play. Luke Hancock, two for four with a couple of ribbies. Logan Tanner, two for five with that big dinger. 
Scotty DeBrule, one for three, got a couple walks in there. Braywin Skinner, also a couple walks, went 0 for three, scored a couple runs. Kellum Clark, one for five, three RBI guy. I'm, and I'm telling you, Kellum Clark is going to be a star. I think you all see it. Lane Forsythe, one for four. But you know what, Lane? What a great job defensively. And how crazy is it to be a true freshman coming here and play shortstop in the toughest league in America, and you end the year – not only as a national champion, but on the all-tournament team. I mean, it's just – it's a remarkable thing. It's a great building block for Mississippi State. Uh, Will Bednar, really, really a great job. And I don't, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's almost indescribable, the things that he's done. Will Bednar goes six innings, uh, does walk three, two of those in the first inning, strikes out four. So strikeout numbers were down. But he was a little more efficient with his pitches. Actually, there's 90 pitches and got nine ground outs. That's what's remarkable to me. You know, ordinarily, he's a bit of a fly ball guy, but he got under barrels today and really, really played well. Then Landon Sims gets his 13th save by working the final three innings. He allows the one hit. And um, you know, what's interesting, too, is like when it happened, we all we were kind of we were glad it wasn't anything cheap, right? And it was Carter Young who had really struggled. They moved him down into order, and he, he knocked that ball back up the middle. So at least it wasn't anything cheap. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, we really shoved them tonight. Kumar Rocker finishes 14-4, and four, and how rewarding is it the last outing of his career is a loss to Mississippi State after all these people made such a big deal about how well he had pitched in elimination games. And listen, the numbers are the numbers. But that didn't have anything to do with the night, right? I mean, it just it, it's as simple as that. Oh, elimination game. Listen, if you don't think that guy's giving his best effort every time he goes out there, then you don't know what you're talking about. The Rocker goes 4.1 innings, allows six hits, five runs, two walks, six Ks, and really just didn't command his own tonight. 92 pitches thrown. Chris McElvain comes in and throws a couple of innings, and he he was the guy that beat us on Sunday in Nashville. And so we kind of repaid him a little bit. He goes two innings, four hits, four runs, three walks, three Ks, and at this point, it was academic. Luke Murphy comes in and does a really good job for them. We don't score the rest of the ball game, but um, they bring in Thomas Schultz late. But, uh, you know, listen, the bottom line is is that we hit whoever they trotted out there. You know, Jack Leiter's the only guy that really bested us, and, you know, Cam James got to him early, but you know, Leiter's a freak. He and Bednar make your all-tournament team, and I think deservedly so. You could have made a case for Landon Sims, who has uh, four saves in Omaha. And I don't, I don't know what the record is, but that's got to be – among the best totals in the history of the College World Series. Just a phenomenal effort by him. But listen, before we get out of here, I want to talk a little bit about us. You know, it's so easy to go lash out at other people and say, I told you so. And, you know, I'd rather we say it to each other. You know what I'm saying? Because this is our time. I, I, listen, I don't care what rival fans have to say about us. You know, see, listen, when people disrespect Mississippi State, I take that stuff personal. I really do. But when we've won the national championship, like there was some comments on Twitter, you know, as I was eating my dinner, I was reading Twitter because I was just trying to enjoy it as long as I could and see what you guys had to say. And there was one guy that said, oh, well, they'll always be second best in Mississippi. And I think to myself, how stupid are you? We just won a national championship and a sport that you claimed that you had passed us in some time ago. And you just watch us play for a national championship as you sat your butts home again uh, to watch us play, you know, in the glory years of your baseball program, you've been to Omaha once, and we've been, what, five times now during the glory years of your program? 
So even when we were kind of reestablishing our brand as a baseball school, we were still going to Omaha with greater regularity than you were in the greatest days of the history of your program. So get out of there with all that. Even saw some Arkansas fans, but I'll be honest with you that most of the commentary that I've seen from Arkansas fans have been very complimentary. I think that I think in many ways they kind of see us. It's kind of like a parallel program. It's kind of like, okay, United States got one. We got to go get one too. And Dave Van Horn's a great coach, and uh, it is a great rivalry. And it is get, it does get bitter at times, but it's not. See, I think the difference between the state Arkansas baseball rivalry and the state Ole Miss rivalry is that we actually respect Arkansas as a baseball program. We want to beat them. Don't get me wrong. I think we have a greater deal of respect because Dave Van Horn has taken his team to Omaha with greater regularity and has actually played for a national championship. So it's easy to respect that. It's another thing when your team never goes and then every year you want to jump in the conversation like some third wheel on a bad date. You know, you jump in there, you know, everything's going great and everybody's kind of filling each other out. And you jump in with your commentary and say, hey, do you like Sweet Tea? What's your favorite cartoon character? You know, that kind of crazy nonsense. I mean, that's how it feels. That's how it sounds every time that Ole Miss fans jump into a conversation in the middle of, you know, when the adults are talking college baseball. You know, they want to jump in, oh, fail state. You know, but my point in all that is this, is not to really belabor the point and talk about them is who cares what they think? It doesn't matter what they think. What matters is that we have went and won a national championship. Rafi and Will couldn't get it done. Tracy Eccles, Pete Young, Burke Masters couldn't get it done. Jake Mangum, Brent Rooker couldn't get it done. That's not to be critical of them, but to really kind of illustrate the fact that we have had some great teams with some great players that haven't been able to get it done. And then now that we've proven you can do it at Mississippi State, I believe we're going to do it with much greater regularity. I believe the golden age of Mississippi State baseball is upon us. As I have shared with you guys, really the last decade is the best decade of college baseball in our history. A lot of people say, well, Steve, we were great in the 80s. Yeah, that's true. Went to Omaha twice in the 80s, Right. Went to Omaha two times in the 80s. Look at what we've done the last 10, since 2013. Let's look at what we've done the last eight years. We've gone to Omaha four times in the last eight years. And we have gone and won, what, Super Regionals, five straight years. And we've won three of them. And now we've won an AFL championship. So you know, what evidence do you have that the 80s were better? We went to Omaha in the 90s three times. So why hadn't that a better decade than the 80s? Oh, well, Polk left. He did. We still went to Omaha without him. And so I, I say that not to paint anybody in a negative light. But we need to appreciate what we have. And I had a chance to speak with some young fans tonight after the ball game. And I said, listen, you guys are going to see a much different era of Mississippi State baseball than I grew up with. You know, when I grew up, you know, getting to Omaha was a treat. Now it's the expectation. And now that we've won an AFL championship, now everybody's like, well, we got one, now I want two. We're not going to be satisfied with one, nor should we be. You know, the evidence of division that we had for Mississippi State baseball has kind of come to pass. Remember, we decided to renovate Dirty Noble Field. And remember how many people said, Steve, this is a mistake. I mean, you guys know it, too. You talk to so many people, so then we're going to lose our charm. We're going we're to lose our identity. 
And you know what? There was some of that that we did lose. But we gained so much more. We have a state-of-the-art facility. We have a recruiting reputation that is second to none. And every college baseball prospect in the country watched us win a NAFL championship tonight against a team that they respect, Vanderbilt, a team that had the best pitching, the best two frontline pitchers in the country on the same staff. And I think there's an old adage in baseball, you know, great pitching generally beats great hitting. It does. When you get outside of the fact that Bandy doesn't have much outside of those two guys, it, it shows what a great job that those two guys did and how dominant they really were. Because when you you guys have now seen this offense up, up close and personal six times now, right? Mississippi State's won four of those, excuse me, Mississippi State's won three of those six games. And then you saw in a couple of those games that our bullpen was able to shut them down. And so you can say, well, you know, without that great pitching, but they have the great pitching, right? This is a pretty average team, and you, and this is the thing, I guess, if you're Tim Corbin, you got to ask yourself. You had two first-round draft picks in a weekend rotation, and I couldn't even win the SEC East, despite all of my scholarship advantages. I couldn't win the SEC, couldn't win the SEC tournament, couldn't win an AFL championship, despite the fact that I had two guys that will be drafted in the top ten as pitchers. Nobody in the country had that. And you got to go back to drawing bar and you begin to think, okay, what about next year for Vanderbilt? It's going to be a difficult year. It's going to be a really difficult year. Now, they'll, I'm sure they'll work the transfer portal. They'll get a couple guys there and they'll, they'll be back. You know, but when I begin to think about next year, that's one thing that we're going to talk about on Friday's show is what, what is, what, what are our chances of a repeat next year? What are our chances of getting back to Omaha next year? What kind of team we're going to have next year? And so we'll break some of that stuff down, and we'll have a very special top ten list. We're going to talk about baseball for a little while until we get into uh, knee-deep into football recruiting again. I'm excited about that, too. But I know for now and for tonight, I'm going to enjoy the fact that Mississippi State has won an NFL championship. And every time I look up at this TV here, it says Mississippi State wins first team national championship. We're going to get home. We're going to get matching tattoos. I guess we'll fit. I had some people tell me beginning of the year, I said, if, hey, we win the Natty, we're all getting the same tattoo. I said, that's cool with me. Y'all design it. We'll all do it together. I'm, I'm going to see who all is true maroon and who's not here in the coming weeks. Uh, I, I joked with somebody the other day. I said, hey, Steve, if we win the Natty, are you going to get a an NFL championship tattoo? I said, I might even get it before I leave town. Yes, absolutely I am. This is one of the greatest moments in my life, and I'm so glad I was allowed to see this. But, yeah, I, w- I want to part with this. There were a lot of people that have come before us. Many that we know, others that we don't, that loved Mississippi State baseball just as much as we do now. And they wanted this day to come in their lifetimes. And we were so privileged to be able to say that it came in our lifetimes. And we were able to share this with our families and our kids or, or whoever, our significant others. Those things are important. One of the reasons that I think we love baseball and we love football too, but we love baseball a little bit more. It's because it gives us a chance to show more of who we are as people. We can get out there in the lounge and we can uh, sweat alongside one another. And there's people that are bankers and other people that are farmers. And none of that matters. We put the no over S hat on because on those days, we're all bulldogs. We can get out there and we can break bread together. Some of y'all drink beer together. But in those moments, nothing else matters other than our team and our family, our Mississippi State family. 
And so I say that to say this is, you know, we talked a lot about Stan Horton on the show when Stan passed away. And I had a chance to talk to Chris Monis about Stan shortly after he passed away. I was, I was devastated about Stan. I never even met the man, but he was so supportive of me on Twitter. And I found there have been so many other people. He was basically like a confidant for so many people because he cared about people. And Lamona said, you know what? We love all of our fans, but we love these kind of fans the most, the ones that have our backs. And so we all tweeted the hashtag, you know, for Stan and that sort of stuff. And you know, we kind of got involved in that for a while. And listen, there's going to be some dark days ahead, of course, for, uh, you know, for Stan's kids. I mean, there's going to be some challenges in life to come along that uh, he's not going to be there to help them with them. And my hope is, is that we can help do some of that just by being there for the family and being supportive of the family. And my hope is this, uh, I hope we don't forget about Stan Horton a year from now. You know what I'm saying? We'll get ready to play baseball again next year. Maybe maybe it's just in our Twitter community that we, we kind of keep that going. And I thought a lot today about Tom Minyard. You know, Tom Minyard was my friend. And, and uh, I'll tell you what's interesting about Tom is uh, I never knew what Tom was up to. You know, it's like when I first met Tom Minyard, uh, you know, he invited me to dinner. He's a listener to this program. <laughs> he was a huge boneyard guy, man. He was. And uh, and so Tom had reached out and said, hey, listen, I know you're on the road a lot. And he said, hey, me and Miss Pam, we want to take you to dinner. We don't want you to have to eat by yourself. And that meant a lot to me because I do spend a lot of time on the road. But I, but I do enjoy it, too. But there are some nights, too, I'd much rather be able to go eat at a nice restaurant than just you know, grab some fast food and go back to the room. But Tom became my friend. And uh, you know, Tom was somebody that I loved. And we lost Tom during the quarantine. We did. It was devastating. I went to his funeral. And um, it's one of the saddest things I've ever witnessed. And so, as those final outs are being recorded today, and I'm leaving my family and uh, walking back up to the press box, I, to be honest with you, I was clapping to keep from crying because it distracted me a little bit. But I thought about Stan Horton. And I thought about Tom Minder. I thought about my dad. I thought about your grandpa. And I thought about all those people that, w- that would have done anything to see Mississippi State win a national championship in any sport, but especially baseball. Because that's kind of been our thing, right? And I thought for a minute there, I said, you know what? This is for every Bulldog throughout the ages. We have finally come of age as a baseball program. And we wanted it so bad. I was on the elevator with uh, with Blake Scott from the I Bound show. We were going up to, up to the press row. And um, and he's like, oh, I'm so nervous. He goes, are you nervous? I said, I'm not nervous at all. I said, because in my mind, it's already been settled. We're going to win the game today. I didn't expect it to be 9 nothing. I didn't speak we would dominate him the way we did, but I thought we'd win the game today. You know, I don't know, 4-2, 5-2, something like that. And he says, you know what, Steve? It's not really fear, it's desire. And I thought that is the perfect way to explain it. Is It's not that we're fearful of playing Vanderbilt. It's just that we wanted this national championship so bad that we would do almost anything to have it. And then now we have it. And I think to myself, there were so many of those players that I saw tonight, the look of pride in their faces, but also the relief. I mean, guys, whether we want to admit it or not, the burden of the 85 walk off to Miami rested on their shoulders. The burden of the 89 upset in the regionals 
rested on their shoulders. The 2013 sweep to UCLA, the disappointment of us getting so close and not winning it, rested on their shoulders. The 2016 team, one of the best teams we've ever had, a bunch of big leaguers on that team that got upset by Arizona in the Super Regionals. Well, you know, those expectations, too, they rested on their shoulders. The Jake Mangum years, you know, as great as Jake was and a tremendous leader that he was, you know, Jake came in here and gave us everything and dared us to believe a little bit. It's amazing things. We finally get to Omaha, but we weren't able to get it done. And we wanted it so bad for Jake, right? I mean, because Jake was our guy. And so all of that, when you begin to kind of think about the weight of the expectations that we have placed on these players, because, I mean, every time that I'm around them and I I see you guys talk to them, it's like, hey, we're not going to be like this team. We're not going to be like that team. And a lot of times they even have no clue what we're talking about. But we have reached a point now we don't have to wonder about the what-ifs anymore. We can kind of bury those old skeletons once and for all. And so, you know what? We always used to say, man, that's the best team that never got to Omaha. Man, that's the best team that didn't do this. You know what? We now have the best team. We do. Not our most talented team, but our most accomplished team. And so my hope is, as a fan base, that we can kind of move forward and say, you know what? Those other things happened. They were unfortunate for us. But we finally got what we wanted most. And it still just blows my mind to think about that, that, that we are the national champions of college baseball. And that next year we'll have a big ceremony. You know, we'll have the big thing. You know, we'll hang, we'll have the little flag pull up there and we'll fly the, the 2021 flag up there. We'll have a 2021 graphic and we'll honor the team and there'll be some big celebration. And it's going to be electric. It's going to be perfect. It's going to mean so much to all of us that we were there. But you know what? The biggest part of that is that all of those ghosts of Mississippi State past can finally rest. All of that can rest. Because now when we get ready to think about the past, we can think about these days. You know what? I was at Omaha and I watched Mississippi State win a national championship. Or I was at home with my family. I had my, you know, maybe my, my young child sitting in my lap. And we celebrated a national championship together. And then, and then we went loaded up in the pickup truck and ran camp, cowbells all over town. And I think what you're hearing there is all of those old ghosts finally giving up the ghost itself. Because I think every Mississippi State fan today feels like a burden has been lifted. We finally did it. We finally got there. And I'll part with this. We're not done. No, we're not done. Our goal was to get to Omaha and win it. But you know what? Now that we've proven we can do it, we got to go do it again. Maybe we repeat next year. I don't know. (laughs) We've got a lot of pieces to figure out. But you know what? Before we even get to any of that, we're going to take some time. We're going to enjoy this, man. We're going to enjoy each other. You know, we're going to enjoy telling our own stories. And I can't wait to hear when I get back home about everybody say, you know what, Steve? We did this and we did that. Man, it has been so long since I've been home. But I'll be honest with you, I'm going to miss Omaha. I am. I've made some memories up here that last me a lifetime. I've made some friends up here that I believe are people that I'm always going to be counting on. Listen, I know where to go eat in Omaha. You know, I got some of those security guards that I befriended, and we're now we're friends on Facebook. And, and I'll share with you a great story, man. 
before I go. So yeah, I told everybody, I said, you know, we've never won it. And, and there was one of those guys that told me that he's been volunteering and kind of working security for the College World Series for decades. And he said, after watching the walk-off against Miami in 85, that he always said, you know what, how heartbreaking that was. He said the only heart, only other play that he remembers more heartbreaking than that is when Warren Morris hit the home run to beat Miami, right? And I can, I can see that, right? Both of them are, are huge. Um, but he said, you know, ever since that day, he goes, when you guys would come back as Mississippi State fans, he goes, I remembered how bad that was and how much that must have hurt. And I was like, you know, I've got a soft spot for Mississippi State. I hope they find a way to win one. And so when I walked down last night after we had beaten Vanderbilt for the uh, the first time to force game three, yeah, all these security guards are coming up. I said, Steve, congratulations, man. We're so happy for you guys. And then tonight when it was over with, some of those guys are already off their shift and they're waiting for me to come down so they can say, hey, man, congratulations to you at Mississippi State. And again, that's not about me. It's about the fact that Mississippi State fans have shown up in Omaha and we have shown that city who we are and what we stand for. And it makes us easy to root for. It's easy to root for Mississippi State fans because despite the fact that we've been so disappointed, we're not so bitter. We always believe that the best is yet to come, and I live by that. And I do believe that. I believe the best is is yet to come for us, and I believe this is just really the beginning for Mississippi State baseball. As crazy as that sounds, I believe we're about to usher in a new era of Mississippi State baseball. Many of you have reached out and been so supportive of me and say, hey, Steve, listen, we love the show. If you really want to support me, let me encourage you. Go buy some books. You can find uh, Blooms of Oleander, which is the new one, at Amazon or at BarnesandNoble.com. Books a million are great bookstores all over the place. You can get it at Lemuria Books in Jackson, Turner Books in Greenwood, Bookmart Cafe in Starkville. If you want signed or personalized copies, you're going to have to go through Bookmart or come to a signing. I'm not going to do a lot of those. I will have one later this month at Turnro, uh, and I'll get more details to you on Friday's show. But I believe that's July 17th, 5 to 7, but I'll confirm that and uh, get back with you. But also, too, you know, if uh, if you want those Alpha Dogs uh, and the Spark Star Villains and Flim Flam, go to alphadogsbook.com and, or order some gear from Stark Villains. But I hope you've enjoyed our coverage from Omaha. I know Robbie and David and I have worked really hard, and Mike has uh, worked remotely to kind of help us uh, get things going there. But uh, And this show ended up being much longer than I expected. Even without a top 10 list, you're going to get an hour and 20 minutes. So I hope this helps your drive home. I'm going to get a few hours sleep. I'm going to check out of this little hotel, and I'm going to pack up my stuff. And I'm going to hit the road, and I'm going to hit the road home as a very proud man. And I can promise you this, no matter when the day comes for me to pass, I'm going to die a happy man because i got a great family, and i got a great Mississippi State family, and I know what it's like to watch my team win a national championship. I know the euphoria of watching us win it all. And that is something I've been waiting for my whole life. And I know many of you feel exactly the same way. So congratulations, Bulldogs. We have earned this. This was our time. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies. And people can see a difference in the way we live.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.